Have you guys ever felt like, I don't know what my calling is, or you just know that whatever you're doing right now isn't it? Or maybe you just are feeling kind of stuck in this season of life. Well, if you answered yes to any of those questions, then you are going to love this episode with my dear friend, Jessica. Jessica is a former ICU nurse who became a nurse coach after discovering that her past career no longer aligned with what she felt like God wanted her to do with her life. Her goal is to help people break through generational trauma and conditioning so that they can discover who they are truly meant to be. Hello, and welcome to Be Brave with Emma B. I'm Emma, your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. In a world that fills us with stories of fear and anxiety, I'm here to share stories of bravery and fearlessness. I'm bringing on some of the bravest people I know and sharing some stories of my own to show you why anyone can choose to be brave if they have faith and surround themselves with encouraging people. So come along. Let's be brave together. A quick word from our sponsor, Daffindel. Daffindel is a small business that is woman-owned. This online boutique was started by Lydia and Mallory, who I just so happen to have nannied in my teen years. These girls started this boutique to provide an affordable and trendy clothing option to women of all ages. They stuck products that represent each of their personalities through their items. You guys will definitely want to go check it out. And I will have um, all of their information to their website and their Instagram linked in the description below. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to Be Brave. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. I just can't wait to catch up and see what you're up to. Um, But we're just going to get right to it. And I'm going to ask you the question that I'm going to be asking everybody on this podcast. What's the bravest thing you've ever done? Mm, The bravest thing I have ever done, I would say, was a little over two years ago. I quit my very well-paying benefits, insurance, all of that included job and completely with like nothing behind me as far as what I was going to do next with my life and dove all, excuse me, dove all in just knowing that I was misaligned where I was in life and that I needed something different and that that was it for me. And so I had been at my job for about, well, in the hospital system. So I'm a nurse and in the hospital system that I was in, I was there for about 18 years or so, maybe a little over 17 actually. Wow. So it was a long time and to leave something that was like my comfort zone. It was, even though it wasn't like my favorite place all the time, I you know, that was comfortable. That's what I knew. And so leaving that was almost like leaving my identity behind or like, who am I now that I am not working at the bedside in the hospital, you know, in with patients and, you know, am I still a nurse? Am I, you know, so there's so many things that went through my mind, but that to me was probably the bravest thing that I've done because it took, it took a while for me to leave and it took a lot, I feel, of courage to actually make the decision and follow through with it. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I have so many questions. Um, The first being, how did you know that you were in a place where you just knew this wasn't right, knew this wasn't what you wanted for your life, and you knew you needed needed a change? 
Yeah, that I feel like that's probably a compound question. Yeah, <laughs> um, sorry. A lot no, into that's, one. it's all good. But I feel like that's not one certain thing. And so I think I went into nursing knowing that I wanted to help people. And for the longest time I was, I worked in the ICU for a majority of my career, I would say in the hospital. Yeah. And that's really intense. Yeah, it is. And I thrived there and I loved it. I loved the people that I worked with. I loved the work I was doing. Um, I think part of it might've been a little bit ego too. Like I felt like, okay, I'm in, you know, one of the highest places you can be working in the hospital and people Mm -hmm. respected me. I mean, the doctors would ask me, you know, you know, all the time, like, okay, what do you think the patient needs? You know, they really relied on us a lot. And so that I left that the setting in ICU and went to a different area because there was just lots of reasons, but, but, you know, management and, and schedules, my kids were little and I was working 12 hour shifts, which are never 12 hours. They're usually more. And then it's, you know, charting after and driving there and driving home. And I just wasn't seeing them enough. I wasn't seeing my husband a lot. And it was a lot on him because those days were long for him. He'd have to come home from work and then take care of the kids. And it was just a lot on all of us. And so I switched into a different area. And I think ever since then, I just didn't quite feel at home. I didn't quite feel like this was where I was meant to be. But I just kind of kept pushing on. And eventually I went into this other area. So I first went into into radiology, interventional radiology. And then we ended up having call. So I switched into a non-call role. And that put me behind a desk. And that was not me. (laughs) So for like a year. It's such a big difference. Like such a big difference going from bedside, the most intensive situations, knew that wasn't right. And that was a big switch in itself. Yes, absolutely. And so I think for the first year, it was great because I was actually building the position that I had. They didn't have anything like this. I'm in a smaller community uh, setting and we were trying to make the position that they had in bigger hospitals. And so it was like a coordinator of the area that I was in, in scheduling outpatients and scheduling and working with the nurses and the doctors on getting, you know, people in for the same day and just different things like that. So it was great. And building that position and building it all to run well, I think really helped that creative part of me that needed, you know, more. And so that was great. But then after that year, it just became very mundane and it was scheduling patients. I was talking to them on the phone, but I wasn't really taking care of anybody in person. And it was also a little isolating just in the office that I was in as well. And so I think it just, it really started me on this path where I was like, I don't feel like this is me, but I don't know what else I want to do. And there was, and then COVID hit and I was already, yes. And I was already burnt out. And I think burnout is truly misalignment Mm -hmm. inside in your soul. Basically it's like, okay, I'm not doing the work that I'm here to do. And I think that's where you get burned out or, I mean, I think it's twofold. I think it's that. And then I think it's also doing too much of a good thing. Like, okay, I love my job. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do everything inside of that job but then I'm going to neglect 
you know, the other things. And so for me, I feel like I was kind of neglecting my family. I was there. And there was a point where my husband was like, you are miserable. Like you, nobody wants to be around you. Like you are stressed at work, you bring it home. And so that was a really big light bulb moment for me where I was like, my family doesn't even want to be around me because I'm stressed out. I'm burned out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not living in alignment with who I know I'm truly meant to be. And so there was one day at work and I think this was like the last straw and I got a call. It was about something that I didn't even do. And it started this spiral on like the person they either wrote me up or they were going to write me up. And I had never in my 17, 18 years being a nurse had ever been written up. And that to me was like, okay, I am doing this job. I'm doing what I, what I think I love, but it's not fulfilling me. And now people are saying, you know, X, Y, Z about me. And like, I just, that was like the last straw for me where I was like, I, this is not me. I don't want to do this. I called my husband crying. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't know what to do. And he's like, you just need to quit. Like I've been telling you this, you just need to quit. And so I think that day itself, I can remember exactly where I was when I was talking to him. And he's like, you just need to quit, like walk out the door. And I was like, no, I'm not going to walk out the door, but I am going to give my two weeks. And so the next day I gave my two weeks, but now I had been thinking about it for a while. So it wasn't just like all of a sudden I'm like, yes, I'm quitting. This is it. It was, you know, months and months of after he told me that where they just didn't want to live with me anymore. I like was really evaluating, like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And at that point, I hadn't figured out what I wanted to do, but I just knew I wasn't where I needed to be. And I knew that if I let go and surrendered and just said, okay, God, what do you have for me next? That it would work out. And so I quit my job and here we are. (laughs) I mean, that whole story is just like the definition of bravery. Cause like you said, it's not like you knew what was coming next. There wasn't like another nursing job lined up. It was more so you just like had this instinct that something's not right. And you, so you use this term misalignment a couple of times. Can you, for our audience, kind of like explain what you would say misalignment is and maybe kind of give some like ideas for them of like, maybe they're kind of feeling how you were feeling at that time, but like put it into like really simple terms for the audience. What does misalignment mean? Yeah. So for me, it means being out of sync with myself. So my mind and my body and my soul, like our minds and our body and our soul, we're all one being. But I think sometimes we compartmentalize and, you know, our mind takes over a lot and we don't truly listen to our body and listen to what our soul or our body really needs or wants. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is misalignment is when all three pieces just aren't communicating well with each other because you're either listening too much to that chatter in your mind or you're too much in your body and not, you know, everywhere else. And so I think for me, it was really getting clear on who I am as a person, like mind, body, soul. Like Mm -hmm. and aligning all of those together, like combining them or making them work as one instead of fighting each other, I guess is the the term that I would say. Are there some like signs that people are misaligned? Like I know you said the mind, body, and soul, but like 
some things like, did you, like you said, you were feeling very angry and burnt out. Are there any other signs when people are misaligned? Yeah. I mean, I think anger is probably really going to frustration, just feeling like every little thing that you're doing in your job or even outside of your job, like you can bring it home and it's just the like nitpicky things, like even the small things. And I think actually sometimes it's more of the small things because you're really starting to then, instead of focusing on what you love, you're focusing on all of the things that you don't love and all of the things that make you upset. So it could even be, (laughs) someone mentioned this the other day and that's why I'm laughing. But when she was talking about how, when she was misaligned, like even listening to her husband breathe was like, oh my gosh, just, can you close your mouth or like something you need to go in another room? I can't listen to you breathe. So it's just, you know, it's like being super irritated with all the little things in life that normally you aren't irritated about and a lot. And then like letting that just fester and get to you instead of really sitting with it and be like, what is going on here that I can, that I can fix, that I can control, that I can take care of instead of letting it just out to the world or like letting it fester in your body. Yeah. That's very eye opening. Cause I'm sure people listening are like, man, like I feel like that. So mm-hmm. I guess I want to ask you what came next? Like you quit mm-hmm. your job. Yeah. You remember yes. where you were, what came after that? Yeah. So I joined a program for, to be a nurse coach. I actually don't even know how it came about. It literally was like, I was searching Facebook or scrolling Facebook mindlessly probably. And this ad popped up that said, I don't even exactly know what it said, but it basically was like, do you feel misaligned? Are you, you know, burnt out at work? And like all of these things that checked all the boxes. And I was like, this is what I need. And so it was called the Nurse Coach Collective, and I, it trained me to be a nurse coach. So I ended up joining the program and went through the certification program, became a nurse coach. And during the process, ended up hiring my own coach to walk with me through the process. Because when you really, truly dive into like healing work, and so I guess to back up just a little bit, mm-hmm. when I did start the program, I realized there was a lot of healing that I needed to do in myself to figure out what it was. Like I was really sitting with these questions, like, who am I? Who, what am I here to do? Like, what is my purpose? Like, these are like big questions that came up after I quit my job. And so then all of these things came up and I felt really overwhelmed. And this person, I don't even know how I met her either, but she was a nurse coach and just started talking to me. And I ended up uh, signing with her for like a three month contract to do uh, coaching with her in like a group setting. And so there was a few of us and we would meet once a week and we would just talk over things that, you know, were going on in our lives and and where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do and getting really clear on our goals and our why and our purpose. And so for me, that really led me down this path of my own healing and my own, like taking responsibility for my life and for where it was to this point. But during that, it led to a lot of questions. Like I had never questioned anything growing up and that's a whole nother story. I was a very much like a rule follower and I, you don't question people. You don't question things. You just do what you were told to Mm -hmm. do 
And that's what I was my whole life. And so now I'm in this place where I'm like, I get to pick, I get to choose. Like, this is, this is my life here. And so that almost was really overwhelming at first. Like, how do I even choose? Everybody's always told me what to do and told me where I should go and told me how I should be. And now I have this whole expansive world to be like, I can do anything. I can think anything I can, you know, so it really, so having a coach really helped me while I was going through that program, because there was just so much that came up during it. Mm. Did you like grow up wanting to be a nurse? I guess I always wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I exactly knew how I wanted to do that. But my grandma was uh, like a CNA. I don't actually know if she got her CNA license or, you know, at that time, what the qualifications were and things like that. But she helped people specifically like elderly people. She would um, she ended up living with this lady for a really long time, just live in like home care. And then when that lady died, she basically became everybody's like nurse in the place that she lived in. It wasn't a retirement home or anything like that, but it was just like apartments and all these people. Like I remember being at her house and she'd be like, oh, it's six o'clock. So-and-so is going to come over for her eye drops in just a little bit. Like she was the person. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. It was so cute. She was the person that everybody would come to, to, you know, to help. Like she was their helper. She was the one that they knew that they could go to for all the things. And so I think seeing that really made me want to be a helper as well. Mm -hmm. And I went to, during high school, I went and shadowed to be an EMT because I thought, well, maybe I want to be an EMT. Mm. Um, But I, I shadowed and I was like, nope, this is not for me at all. So then I guess, I don't know. I just thought the only other option there was to help people was to be a nurse. And so that's what I did. Got it. Yeah. Cause I kind of just wanted to gain a little bit of background because I feel like so many of us, especially in a world where a lot of us grow up people pleasing. And like you said, you kind of just follow the rules and because that's what you're supposed to do. It's kind of trying to gauge, like, did someone tell you to be a nurse? Did you think that was like the safe mm-hmm. option at the time or cause it's not I I mean, honestly, it's an amazing yeah. career, but yeah, I don't remember if someone told me but I also don't really remember the whole process of like, how did I choose where I went or what I did? I don't remember that whole process. I just remember thinking like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it probably was somebody mentioned it. And then I was like, yeah, you're right. That is the way to help people. But I don't really, I don't have a specific memory where I'm like, yep, that was, that was it. Right. Was there a season where you were like, yes, nursing is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then that season just changed over time. Or I guess, how did that look? Because I think, I don't know. I think society tries to paint this picture for us of like, this is your one calling and this Mm. is the one thing you're supposed to do. And so many, I think so many people have so many different interests and talents and things they want to do. And especially for people who are creative, like you, like I've seen your content, like you're so creative. You have so many good ideas. It's like, but society is like, but this is your one calling and this is the one thing you're supposed to do. But I almost feel like what I'm hearing from your story is like, there might've been a season for it, but it's just like, you knew that season was over, but maybe I'm understanding that wrong. No, I mean, I, I truly feel like when I first became a nurse, like that was what I was here to do. And I feel like 
when I was in the ICU, like I did a one year on a medical surgical unit and I knew that wasn't me. Got it. And then I had gone into ICU after that. And I just felt like that just felt like home to me. Like I knew I was where I was supposed to be. I was good at my job. I was good at what I did. I was well-respected. But then two of my mentors um, that actually I ended up calling my work moms because they ended up working with me in radiology as well. Oh, oh, they so had sweet. left the ICU and were in radiology. So there's and one of them was like, there's a position opening. Like, I think you would be really good at this. Like you should, you know, jump ship and come on over. And so I did, cause I was like, maybe this is where I'm meant to be because right now I'm feeling misalignment, that misalignment, even though I yeah. didn't really know what that was at the time. It just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like where I was supposed to be. And I think it also had to do with the fact that my kids were little and I wasn't seeing them very much. And if I work three 12s in a row, then I wouldn't see them for four days almost. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, so yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard. So I think it was the combination of both of those. I was probably getting a little burnt out that way too, with being, you know, a young mom with little kids and and working as much as I was working. So I do really feel like that's where I was meant to be. And I really Mm -hmm. did shine in that spot. But it was hard because like you said, we grew up in at least how I grew up and probably you as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up with in a family where we owned, my parents owned a business and my grandparents had started it. And so it was like, you worked here and you worked all the time and you did this and this is all that you do. Or, you know, like you work a job and this is what you do and you don't, you don't veer from that. That's who you are. And so for me, that's why leaving my RN or the hospital was really hard because it felt like that truly was my identity. Like, are people going to even know who I am or what, what are people going to say? That was like a huge thing. What are people going to think? Like I am, this is who I've been for so long. And I did get a lot of people be like, what are you doing? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Like, why would you, why would you leave the hospital? But gosh, yeah. yeah. I just love listening to your stories and how this journey has gone for you because I just, I noticed so many things from it. One of the things I'm really noticing as you're talking is there's all these like little moments. And like, for me, I've always called them like God winks where I'm like, I can just feel like God looking down on me and like winking, like, okay, kind of go, go in this direction or Yeah. yeah, don't do that. And it's not always like obvious. It can sometimes be in like a feeling or maybe a friend, like your radiology mom's like coming and being like, okay, come over here. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But it's like, there's so many little moments along your journey where you can tell like God got you to the point where you are now, but it had to take all those little like nudges and winks and um, moments Mm -hmm. to be like, this, this isn't right. And this is where I want you right now. But it's the thing is, it's a journey. It's not like a one time, like God's going to shout at you from the heavens and be like, this is where you're supposed to be. It's like little steps along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what I also love that you explained, it's like, it's not like your initial choice was wrong. You didn't make a mistake. It wasn't like, you're like, oh, I went to college to become a nurse to have all this wasted because had you not gone to become a nurse, you wouldn't have been a nurse coach. And that probably wouldn't have popped up on your Facebook. And it's like, there's such like meaning behind all of those moments, some hard, probably some extremely difficult, but it's like, now you're at this point. And I just love hearing 
hearing your story. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there was lots of, of winks. I like that term. That was cute. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was lots along the way and I didn't always trust them, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I think they were becoming louder and louder, especially after leaving like part of me now thinking back, really, I think when I left the ICU, I knew that I wanted to do something different, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to leave the hospital, but I knew I needed to, I knew someday that I was not going to be in the hospital, but I just didn't know how to get there. And so, and I think just knowing that, I mean, before even learn, I didn't know anything about nurse coaching. I didn't know anything about other ways to be a nurse besides working in a hospital, working in a clinic or doing home care basically. And so I didn't want to work in a clinic and I didn't want to do home care. So I was like, what else is there? Like, I don't even know any other options that there are, but I know that I, I did this schooling and I became a nurse for a reason. And so that's why when I found the nurse coach collective, I was like, okay, I can still use my nursing knowledge. I can still use my background that I have, you know, all these years of experience that I have and now help people in a different way. And so, yeah. And it's more of like a preventative. It's more of a, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that was one of the big things too, is I really had this shift in my own being of, I don't want to just take a pill for the rest of my life for X, Y, and Z. I don't want to just help people with this quick fix when really there is a deeper and a deeper something going on in your body that is causing this disease and is causing this illness. And there's so many other, like to get to the root cause of it, I guess, is like the big thing that I, I was like, I know Western medicine is here for a reason. You obviously need it. We need it for so many reasons. But I think we overutilize it. I agree. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that there's just like we've gotten to this this place in our lives where we want the instant gratification, that instant like give me a pill to help me lose the weight, give me a pill to, you know, I don't know X Y Z, you name it, mm-hmm. and or even like the second somebody has like a little ache or pain or a headache or something, it's like okay, I got to take a pill. And it's like, no, just find out like what, what is causing this discomfort in your body. And then like, let's, let's figure that out from there. And so I think I had slowly become like starting to get into that where I was like really learning that our body can heal itself, that there's so many other ways and things to help our body and to heal our body besides just taking a pill and calling it a day. And so I think that's also part of that misalignment that was going on in my, in my body was that I knew that there's other ways to help people besides what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was lots of little things that just compounded that led me to be like, okay, you know, but I think that <laughs> that last one was basically God being like, all right, I'm giving you the out that you've been looking for. Like you just got to take it. And so it was kind of a big push. Like, all right, this is, this is enough now. <laughs> I guess I want to dive in more to like what you're doing right now, because I know you're doing so many cool things mm-hmm. and really, I mean, the reason I started this show is because, I mean, Jessica, you guys know from the intro, she was my life coach. There's a lot of stuff going on underneath the surface, um, lots of triggers from past trauma. And that's something that I'll be talking about 
as the show continues, I opened up um, with my first episode about like discovering and needed help from my OCD, but there's a ton of trauma in my history. And I know there's a ton of trauma in your history and in a lot of people's histories. And it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy that we live in this world that's like really, really hurting, Mm -hmm. but also so cool that now you're like doing something to help people who are really hurting. So just like walk me through, I guess, what, I don't want to say a day because I know every day is so different, but like, what do you get to do for people? Yeah. So after joining the nurse coach collective and graduating, you know, getting certified as a nurse coach, I, like I told you, I, I hired my first coach and that really led me down this path of healing for myself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, after that coach, I hired another coach and I was with her for about a year and she would open up every coaching call with breath work. So Mm -hmm. we would do, um, just a short, maybe like 10 minutes of just being with our breath and activating our breath. And this helps us get out of this, our overactive, I call it the monkey mind sometimes, because it's just this constant like chatter that's going on. Yeah. And really allows you to get in your body. And so I I loved doing it in her calls. And then I actually saw in my hometown here, there was a yoga studio that was having breathwork sessions. And I was like, oh, I've heard of breathwork in my coaching call. Like this would be really cool to do it in person. And so I went to a session and it was amazing. I literally just, my whole body was like, this is what you need. Like it was it was such a healing experience for me. I am not a person that could meditate. I have I was living very much in this fight or flight state for probably my whole life of this feeling this constant chaos. I mean, you know, especially from working in the ICU. I mean, you're constantly in that overstimulated like you have to be on all the time. Right. And so I, when people would tell me, especially being in like the coaching world, people would be like, oh, you should meditate and you should, you know, just do these, you know, do these things. And they made it sound so easy. And I was like, but I can't quiet myself enough. Like I would constantly think about like, oh, later today, I need to go shopping for this and I need to do this. And I got laundry I need to do. I just couldn't quiet myself enough. So I ended up going the next month, doing another breathwork session with her. And I ended up asking her, like, how did you do this? Because I want to share this with the world because I think more people need this. And so she told me where she went. So I ended up going and getting certified myself. So I am a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. I honestly think breathwork has helped me so much. and It's helped me to get to this place that I am here today by allowing me to regulate my nervous system. So instead of being in this constant fight or flight stage, I can be more in this like calm and peaceful and coming from like an embodied approach. And when I say embodied approach is like fully feeling it in your body and knowing this is truly what you're meant to do or the the step that you're meant to take because I'm allowing my body to talk to me and to listen to me or I'm listening to my body instead of my mind, this overactive mind. And it's not that your mind can't tell you what is good to do, but if you think about it, you have 
everybody else that's been telling you everything that's going on in your mind. You have, you know, your parents, your pastors, your teachers, your friends, your family, your spouse, your, you know, all those people in your mind. And so sometimes just quieting that, and that's how I found with breath work is that I could quiet that, I could quiet that, that chatter and just really be with myself and then make a decision from there. And so it has really helped me in my life for, for healing my body. It has helped me uh, in making decisions. It's really helped me in my relationships with, with people, with my spouse, with my kids, um, and in my, in my coaching, because I know I was just, I think, just in my breathwork certification when I was coaching you, correct? Mm -hmm. I don't think I had graduated yet. And so now I just feel like there's so much more value in the coaching that I that I give because we can come from this place of coaching, but using breath work during the coaching sessions as well. Wow. Yeah. To really allow people just to drop into their body. So they're not because sometimes you get into a session and I think people tell you what they think you want to hear. And so a lot of times if we can drop into the body and just like allow that chattery mind to quiet for a little bit and really come from this place of like this deep knowing inside yourself, mm -hmm. because I think that's more of an embodied approach where you're, you're talking about listening to your body and making a decision from who you are instead of all the extra things that are going on in your head that might not even truly be you. So like, yeah. what would you say, like the biggest things you notice from doing the breath work? What are the biggest changes you see in your body and in your mind? And for me, I know that I can come back to my breath. So breath work itself, you can do, you know, 60 minute meditative sessions. You can just do, you know, 30 minutes called like an integrative session, or you can even just sit with your breath and just take like five to 10 slow breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. And just just knowing the power of my breath and how I can use my breath in any situation that I'm in to calm my nervous system. I think that's the biggest thing is now when I get activated or triggered or when something happens, I immediately just go to this place where I just take some slow calming breaths. And then I can, I can go into this place of, you know, the rest or digest your where your nervous system is just more relaxed, I can get there faster and easier because I've been doing breath work now for a while and my body knows what that feels like. Where before I was living in this place of this constant chaos. And, and it's funny too, because this, this constant chaos, this fight or flight feels comfortable and normal to people who live there often. So that's what I've learned when, when in doing breath work and, and breathing with people is that it's really hard for people for the first, you know, I would say week or two to really allow yourself to relax. But once you do it repetitively, then your body knows it's like, oh, okay, this is, it's safe to just breathe and it's safe just to be quiet and still and it's nothing scary is going to happen, but it's almost like you have to retrain your body to be in this place of resting and of, of recovery instead of this constant fight or flight chaos state that a lot of us live in. And it feels like this is where I need to be in order to 
survive, to live, to function. You know, I mean, talk about having like five cups of coffee a day, you know, like that's just feeding that fight or flight response. And so it's really just learning how to allow myself to, to just take those breaths and to just slow my body down and knowing that it's, it's safe to be in a slower space than in this chaos. So I think for me, that's been like the biggest thing. And then I've been able to also teach it to my kids, to mm-hmm. my husband, to, you know, other people, anybody who's willing to listen mm-hmm. is just that power of the pause, which really, and then like our breath, like our breath can bring so much healing. And there's so much that can be said actually about your breath. And if you breathe through your nose and if you breathe into your belly, like there's so many components to it that if we learn how to breathe properly, that we can heal so many diseases in our body and we can actually prevent diseases in our body as well. It's just fascinating. It's it's so fascinating. And it's just something, it's crazy that like most people don't think about breathing as like the first right. option to healing, but it's like, no. if you think about it, like your body needs oxygen probably more than anything in the entire world, but we right. never talk about breathing. Right. Um, it's, it's free. Funny. Yeah. It's yes, free. It's that's free. that's the craziest thing. It's like it's literally free to just breathe. And when you were so. talking, it's like I instantly was like, so like I said, my first episode was about explaining obsessive compulsive disorder. And literally, I truly think my brain from like all the trauma from my childhood, I mean, you know it, like the multiple car accidents and growing up with a parent who is an addict and my Mm. score on the ACEs. I don't know if you're familiar with the ACEs. It's like off the charts, crazy, the adverse childhood Mm. experiences. So like you Mm. said, my body has always been trained to be in this like fight or flight Mm. mode. And then it was like, once I was finally safe, then it still wanted to be in the fight or flight mode. And Mm -hmm. I was like, why didn't this make sense? So then it almost like created this new, I truly believe that's why I developed OCD was Mm. because it was like, it needed to create something to deal with the chaos. And I wonder, Mm -hmm. had I had access multiple years ago before I even knew you, like had I had access to know about breath work and to know about these things, I'm like, I wonder if I would have even ever developed it. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. That's so interesting. So, so interesting. interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just, I just love hearing all the good that you're doing for so, so many people. And I'm just, I'm inspired by what you do. Um, but it's just crazy that it's not something we talk about more. Mm. And on this, on the show, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. One of them being faith, because I do believe that like, like we said, those God moments got you to where you are. But I also think that like the church can sometimes be very like rigid in its thinking and its mm-hmm. thoughts about like what is okay to do. And like, I guess, yeah. have you ever experienced like mm-hmm. any pushback about like <laughs> breath work, not necessarily being like, I don't, do you know what I'm trying to get? I I know exactly what you are saying. And so I had this fear I did and I had a fear and that's what kept me actually playing small for a very long time and sharing what I was doing was because I was very afraid because I come from a very, you know, religious background as well. And it did, it made me very nervous because I had a mentor who, you know, had told me at one point that yoga wasn't even okay to do. Or you could do it as an exercise, but like, don't look into it. 
like just do it for the exercise. And so I knew that, you know, I would get some comments. And so I have gotten a few, but nothing, no one that's actually said like, don't do this. And, and that's the biggest thing that I think in all of this. So I went, when I left my job and then I, I got that first coach that I was telling you about, I went through this, I don't even know what you would call it, dark night of the soul or or whatever it is, but where I literally questioned everything. I was like, what is real? What is not? Is there even a God? Like, I don't even know what's happening right now. Like, I just felt like I never questioned anything. And then all of a sudden I was told to question everything. Like, well, who are you and why are you this way? And, and who are you here to serve? And so all these questions came in and I was like, I don't know. And I don't even know where to go with it. I don't know who to ask. I don't know. And so I just felt this complete unraveling of myself where I had to like pick my own pieces back up and really evaluate like what is real, what is true, what is what is good, what is not. And so my motto or something that I've been living by since I've quit and since I've gone into this direction, because it is completely different, is that anytime I feel like there is resistance or that I really feel like God is like, nope, you are going the wrong way, then I will absolutely go the other way. But I feel like he has opened so many doors since I've quit my job that has allowed me to get where I am today. So I feel like going through the the coaching and then finding breath work. And then now I've been doing um, like somatic sessions where we're really getting into the body and doing really deep body work to try to like clear that generational trauma and to try to clear the trauma that we have in our own selves. And I don't feel like I would be where I am today if he didn't want me here. And so I truly feel like I am in a great place. Like I feel like breathwork really brings me closer to God. Agreed. And I know different people have a different, you know, saying some people don't believe it's actually like, you know, a God, a physical, like, you know, person, there's so many different things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just very much like, I know there's a God. I know he is, he is paving this path for me. He has my, you know, everything it's already done. It's already written. And he is here and he's guiding me. And so, yeah, I mean, I have gotten a little bit of pushback, but it really hasn't been enough where I'm like, this is not what I should be doing. Or this is, you know, of the devil is like, I was brought up to believe like, okay, if you don't do this, or if you do this, you're going to go to hell. Like, I don't feel like any of that. I feel like what I am doing is what I'm here to do, what I'm meant to do. And I feel like he wouldn't bring it to me if, if it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Absolutely. And I feel like we can't put God in a box. Like we can't say like, if this is something that's bringing you like clarity and peace and joy and love and all these things that he says in his word that he wants for us. And that by living close to him, like that's, what's going to be brought to us. doesn't mean things that aren't going to be hard. And I don't, I need to look up where that verse that that verse is in the Bible, but like, that's what he wants for our lives. And so it's like, it'd be different if you were like, doing this and all of a sudden you had all this like rocky emotions and you're all over the place and don't feel peaceful but it's like when you're like aligned with like what he wants for your life you're gonna feel peace and joy and it doesn't mean it's not gonna come with discomfort but like you're living out your purpose and you were living out your purpose for him like before this too it's not like 
you were living wrong. And then you got to this mm-hmm. point where now finally I'm living in what God has for me. But it's like, it's this journey where it's like, as long as you're like talking to him and communicating, it's like, he's gonna, he's gonna be with you and he's gonna get you where you need to go, which, which is, yeah. I think the most beautiful part. Mm-hmm. And we all grow and we all change. Right. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that I've learned too, is that we don't have to stay in this spot stuck where we were or where we think that we're supposed to be, we can grow and we can change and we can evolve. And I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed right. to be staying stuck in this spot. Like there's so much for us here. If we just, you know, fo- if we find it, you know, it is there for us, but we have to do the work to find it. We can't just sit on the couch and Absolutely. watch TV every night. Not to say, not to like judge anybody that sits on the couch and watches TV, but I mean, I watch TV too. But it's like there has to be some growth inside of you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, are you are you doing things to to grow yourself in any way? If you're not fulfilling yourself or what you're supposed to be here doing, then you're going to feel out of alignment. I'm just so unbelievably proud of you. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I know when we were working together, it was funny because it's like you had me do all these like amazing exercises. And it's like I knew I was I was supposed to be starting this podcast back when we first we're talking. I knew that was something I wanted to do. And you're like, listen to that. And I think I was still in that like fight mode where I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm fine with my life. Like <laughs> I'm fine with where I'm at. And it's such a like, but then it's this like internal battle. But I also think at the time when we were working together, it's like there was grief going on and yeah, discovering the OCD and all just like the stuff. But it's like, I truly wouldn't have started this if it wasn't for you. And I mean mm-hmm. that from the bottom of my heart. Like I, it was through your coaching sessions and being like, okay, you need to take away the like rules you're setting in your brain and the thoughts of like, well, what are other gonna, people going to think? And you had me do these exercises where I was like, but what do you want your life to look like? And what do you think? Where do you think God's leading you? And mm-hmm. I feel like that's why I got to this point. So it's just this crazy, like full circle moment that now you're here mm-hmm. and you're one of my first guests on the podcast. So I just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm so excited. I love that. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for doing it because there's a lot of people that talk about doing a lot of things, but actually doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another story. So you should be really proud of yourself for that too. Oh. I, I want to ask, like, where could people find you? What current like workshops are you doing? Because I looked on your website and I saw that you're offering some breath work workshops. And I know, I think you're all still doing individual coaching. So just tell our listeners, where can they find you if they want to get in touch and, and dive into the beautiful work you're doing? Yeah. So I am on social media, both on Facebook and Instagram with just my name. So it's Jessica and then dot and Jante, J-A-N-T-E. I have a calendar link that I can send you on here and that has everything that you can book with me. And so I do one-on-one coaching. I do one-on-one breathwork sessions. And then I also do like group coaching um, and then group breathwork sessions too. I've actually like gone to people's houses. Um, I've gone on like a retreat with some people to do breathwork for groups, which is really beautiful. Um, and then I do, I mean, I don't, I try not to do one-off sessions because I think when you are truly healing and you're in a place, 
it's mm-hmm. best to have, you know, like three or more sessions, especially with like breath work, or I do these somatic based um, coaching sessions, which are really getting into the body, like doing talk as well, but really letting your body speak to you. And so those have to be bought in like a three pack or a six pack or something like that. And then coaching is usually in at least a three month container just to do the work that we need to do inside of there. So I am going to be doing, um, I don't know, we haven't talked about like the chakras or anything, but those are like energy centers in your body Mm -hmm. and balancing them and things. So I'm going to be doing a workshop on that and then a series on that, but that's all in my calendar link that I can send you as well. So that's awesome. And I'll put the description in the description for the episode, all of your information and the links so people can have access to your wonderful expertise. So Jessica, thanks for being on the show and being Mm -hmm. brave with us and telling us your story. I'm just, I'm just so thankful for you. Thank you for having me so much. I really appreciate you. You guys, if you loved this episode or you enjoyed any of my other episodes, please, please, please give a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It helps the show so much and means the world to me to hear your feedback. If you'd like to follow along with more from me and my friends and just hear more about my day-to-day life, please follow me on social media, which is Be Brave with Emma B on Instagram or Facebook. I so look forward to hearing from you guys and becoming friends.